Did you miss the DSO Connect virtual retreat this summer? Don't worry, we are offering a replay of all of our seminars from this year's virtual retreat. Go to our website, dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on Retreat Replay. You're gonna find so much actionable information, including Studio Reset, Marketing and Social Media, Developing Your Inner Leader, Building Your Community, Making Your Virtual Platform a Permanent Reality, online platforms with Kajabi and Trello, plus we have amazing dance teacher training content you can share with your team, including honing your teacher's eye for ballet, contemporary and improv for the young dancer, jazz fundamentals, building your tap curriculum, building a solid structure for hip hop, and teaching ideas to make Zoom successful at your studio. So go to our website, dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on Retreat Replay to grab yours for just $197. Hello and welcome to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. I'm Robin. How are you, Robin? What's going on? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Last night I watched old recital DVDs from 2017 and it just seemed like a lifetime ago Right. that, you know, kids could hold hands in choreography and people would cough in the theater. <laughs> and it wouldn't cause a mass chaos. Yeah. <laughs> it just seemed like it was really long time ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But we'll get back there. Yeah. I, I am feeling optimistic uh, this week about life in general, yeah. and my grandbabies do any day now. <gasps> really? So, yeah, oh I have this God. thing now where every time I see a little girl, I'll whisper to my husband, look at that little Genevieve. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And that's like, so cute. Not, that's not her. <laughs> I'm like, oh, but she's going to be just as cute. And oh, uh, If not cuter. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. So I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling optimistic. Every day we get either calls or some new trials or some new registrations. And, you know, it's, it's a trickle, but at mm -hmm. least it's going in that direction and not slowly leaking out the bottom. Right, right. Yeah, I, we're, we're still, my enrollment still isn't where I want it to be. Um, but we are still getting inquiries in, getting some trial students in and just, it's really, really slow, but I'm hoping it'll continue in that trajectory. So, yeah. yeah. Good. I did a, I made these little postcards mm -hmm. that say, to send out to unenrolled students. Um, and I think I got like, two, I got 250 printed. Um, and I basically made a list of 250 students that I think might be most likely to register. Okay. So like a lot from the past two seasons, but then some students who are from further long ago than that, that I maybe had a good connection with their families. Um, and so I designed these postcards and on the front it says, we miss you. Our dance family just isn't the same without you. And then on the back, I have like how we're keeping our dancers safe. And then like basically a list of our COVID um, precautions and procedures. Um, and the pictures on the postcard are all from our last recital. 
So everybody has masks on. So you they like see dancers dancing in masks, which I think is just helpful to visualize. Mm -hmm. But all of the pictures I chose are of kids who haven't re-enrolled re re yet. Oh, that's clever. Mm -hmm. So some of these dancers are going to get a postcard in the mail addressed to the child that has a picture of themselves on it in their costume. I think that's clever. And I think it's great. And I hope that someone doesn't stick a pin in your balloon and reach out and say, hey, can you please stop using my child in your marketing because we no longer attend there? Oh, that would be, that would really put a pin in my balloon. That would just burst my bubble all, all over the place. <laughs> Everybody yeah. agrees to a photo consent. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, the postcards are printed, but note to self, I won't use your lovely daughter next time. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I hope that that works. Is it too soon to know if you're getting good results? Yeah, it's too soon to know. I just picked up the postcards from the printer yesterday, and so I've got my work-study students working on addressing all of them. And good. Yeah. The one thing I wish I had done in the design um, was leave some white space so I could write, like, a handwritten mm -hmm. personal note on some of mm -hmm. them, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's, there's, no, there's no white space on it left. It's all pictures and and stuff so it's all pictures and text and then like the space I might steal address. that I might, yeah. I might write that on my little list right now yeah do it steal it I'll maybe I'll share I'll share my design in the group so people can have a little idea what That'd the be jump, jumping off point yeah it was easy you know I just did it in Canva and then uploaded it to Staples and and they were printed within a day so nice yeah, we got to keep doing every single thing that we can mm -hmm. possibly do. I, I, I recently was thinking, you know, um, when we first started our business, we did all the things, like mm -hmm. every single one of the things. And maybe we didn't do everything the first year, but then we, we tried everything. And I almost feel like we're at that point again, where you just have to do everything. Mm -hmm. You have to make the phone calls. You have to do the bring a friend week, which is tricky, but... It, it could be smaller. Um, you have to do the trial classes. You have to do the postcards. You have to do, you know, you have to do everything. Yeah. And you might only get like five students here and five students there. But one I thing I've learned. Five students years, you didn't have before. I would, I would kill for five more students. <laughs> yeah. And what I've learned over the years is there's never a windfall, like magic bullet that like, mm -hmm. if we do this, we're going to get a hundred new students. You know, there's so many people in every industry that are offering coaching and, and, and systems that'll make your business successful. And I see these ads, especially on Facebook, um, directed at dance studio owners that say things like the three step formula to success in your dance studio, the five secrets to growing your enrollment. Well, they're, Sorry, but that's bullshit. Like, there's we no point that. And, yeah, and we, it's it's all it's all stuff that you've tried before. Um, it's not like I don't know it. But I think there's no secret to success. Like, it's not that simple. If it was that simple, everyone would have a wildly successful dance studio, and no one in the world would be struggling. <laughs> like exactly. But yeah. also, I think that, that, the key, that the, this is the real secret, in my opinion, is just slow and steady and consistent. Yes, just exactly. Every day, show up, do the best you can, mm -hmm. um, don't get discouraged. You know, you might get one student today. 
You might get one tomorrow, but over the over a extended period of time, that little drip, drip, drip in your bucket is going to fill. Yep. And that to me is the real, is the only magic bullet is consistency mm -hmm. and baby steps and do the right thing and do the best you can. Yeah, exactly. I struggle with marketing because I, I often get this feeling like, oh, is it going to come across as desperate? Mm. I don't want it to look like I'm begging people to come buy from me or come enroll or whatever. And then, and then there's also this imposter syndrome thing where you're like, oh, am I even good enough to be marketing? Do you ever feel that way? Or did you feel that way in the beginning, Robin, at all? No, I feel like marketing to me is like bragging. <laughs> like, right. and yeah, it feels like bragging. So then, so then you get that, if you, if, you, if you struggle with imposter syndrome like I do, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to this, you feel like if you're bragging, maybe somebody's going to call you out and be like, you're not that good. <laughs> or I don't know, like that, just that feeling of like, oh, I'm not good enough to be marketing myself. See, the way I look at that coin is, well, you have to start by believing it. You're not saying things that are untrue, but the more you right. say it, the more people believe it. Exactly. And the more people believe it, the more they, they fulfill it. It's yeah. like um, the secret, you know, like you fixate on it. Mm -hmm. Like I, my studio, we, we have high standards for our students and our students live up to those standards. And the, the higher the standards, the more they live up to it. And our parents aren't dramatic. And the more you tell your parents that they're not dramatic, the more they don't act in a dramatic fashion. Mm -hmm. so I, I look at marketing as kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. Like I can be proud and a little braggadocious in my marketing. I try to, I try to curb it and not be too egotistical, but um, you know, I just feel like the more you send that vibe out to the universe, the universe will send it back to you. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. Kind of I had a small, um, a little, a little light bulb moment when I realized that like what I'm offering is, you know, as we all know, it's not just dance classes. Like we are providing life lessons. We are benefiting children's lives. We're enriching children's lives. And like when I advertise, I'm not asking for people's money. I'm offering mm. to help them. Right. I'm offering to enrich their lives. Yeah, that's a good way to think of it too. And you yeah. don't, you're not putting your pricing on the postcard or in the No, field. no, certainly. It's like, exactly. here's everything that we're doing. Here's some great pictures of some happy kids dancing in masks. Here's our website. Call us. It's not too late to join. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who has a side hustle of a, she does a subscription box with, mm. um, arts and crafting supplies. So every month or every quarter, however long, however frequently people sign up for it, they, you know, you get a box with basically a new hobby to try almost. So it's like embroidery one month or crocheting one month or like paint by numbers, stuff like that. Um, and she was written up in an article in, I forget what magazine, but like a pretty big magazine. And I went on her, when she told me that, I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. And then I went on her social media and it's nowhere. I went on her website and it's nowhere. I'm like, girl, you gotta get like, yeah. this is good stuff. You need to be putting this out there. This yeah. is really exciting. She's like, well, I, I don't know. It didn't feel like I deserved to be in the article in the first place. I was like, no, you're amazing. Do it. You could say that in your post. You could be like, I'm so humbled right. that I was written about. 
Right. You know, yeah. like you don't have to come off as like, I'm brilliant and therefore I'm in this magazine. Right, right. You know? Yeah, it's yeah, it's like we have to be each other's cheerleaders because so many people have like struggle so much with being their own cheerleader. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So should we get to our topic? Sure. Yeah. Robin, what are we talking about today? Well, today we're going to do kind of a and a Yeah. I'm excited. So we asked on our community page if anybody had any questions to email them and we got a few responses and so we thought that we would throw the, some of these questions out there and talk about what's on people's minds yeah so Robin what you got for us all right here's the first one do I need to know anything about HIPAA before I alert families that a teacher or student has COVID this is a very, very good question and probably something that if it hasn't come up for you yet, it will come up for you soon. Mm -hmm. So I did a little research on this and I found um, lots of articles and lots of resources, um, but um, here's a few. Uh, I found um, Day Pitney LLP. And this is what they say. Under current law, employees cannot be forced to disclose test results or a COVID-19 diagnosis. So basically, our employees are under no legal obligation to tell us if they test positive. Um, you need to be very clear in your communication with your staff about this, that you are, you know, you're going to require them to to teach from home, maybe you have a Zoom set up where they can teach from home, or they're going to not come into the studio for 14 days or whatever it may be, but they also need to know that they don't have to tell you what their diagnosis is, but they do still need to quarantine themselves. So they can just call you or text you and say, hi, I'm going to be quarantining for 14 days, but they, they legally don't have to disclose the diagnosis or the test results. Um, then, however, employers should make it very clear that for public health reasons, anyone with a positive test result should notify those with whom they have come into contact. By notifying human resources, or obviously, like, I'm going to go ahead and say most dance studios don't have an HR department. <laughs> so that would be you, the owner. By notifying the owner and having them provide an anonymous message, the positive individual's identity is protected while others in the workplace who may have been exposed receive this information and can take appropriate precautions. Any positive COVID-19 test in the United States is reportable by the clinical laboratory or healthcare provider to the applicable State Department of Public Health. The Public Health Department or the local police department will then generally notify employers that one of their employees tested positive, usually without divulging the name. Once an employer gets notified from the police or public health department or from the employee of a positive COVID-19 test result, the employer has an obligation to notify the other employees in the office that a colleague without specifically naming the individual tested positive and each person should seek medical care if symptoms develop. So basically all that to say, we cannot release names because that violates HIPAA, that's violating privacy protections. But we do, it is our responsibility to inform anyone that ha may have come into contact with that person. So 
um, Heather actually mentioned this um, the other day. She was talking about what her school district is doing. They're back, back into school um, and they are, if anybody tests positive in the school, whether it's a teacher or a student administrator or whatever, um, everybody in the school gets a phone call. Hi, there's been a positive test result in our school. If you have come into contact with this person, you already have received a phone call. But how do you do that if we don't know who it is? Okay, let's say Miss, Miss Susie is my ballet teacher, and she mm -hmm. says, hey, I'm going to quarantine for two weeks, but I'm not telling you why. And mm -hmm. so we kind of assume, okay, Miss Susie must have tested positive, but she didn't tell us exactly why. So we get that situation all in line. Then the health department contacts me and says, someone at your place of business has tested positive, but we're not going to say who. Well, mm -hmm. I'm going to put two and two together and say it was probably Miss Susie. But then do I need, but I don't really know that. Mm -hmm. So then do I um, contact everyone in my entire studio and say, you may have been exposed? Or do I say, I'm going to contact Miss Susie's people? Right. Mm, that is a good question. So, yeah. <laughs> and this whole thing, yeah. And a, a similar situation came up the other day where, um, a mom reached out to me and said, hey, my child goes to the preschool up the road and they have a lot of cases. And I was like, oh, that's unfortunate. We have none. And she said, um, well, I just was letting you know because I know that a lot of kids from the preschool also go to your dance studio. And I was like, well, thank you for your concern. And then a week later, she's like, well, I noticed that you haven't told us all to tell us about the exposure. I'm like, there's no exposure. And she said, well, I know that those kids from that preschool go to your studio. And, da, da, da. and I was like, no one has notified me of anything. So I cannot make assumptions based on your phone call that has no backing, no right. official person has contacted me. Right. So I don't know. There, there are going to be some tricky parts. Oh, and the laws sure. may even change. But I think that the answer to the question as you um, – read in the, the resources that you found, it, that, that's helpful, that we cannot expect the, the employee to reveal the information. Mm -hmm. We but, can hope that they do. And probably if you have a good working relationship with your employees and, and they're not concerned about being discriminated against by you because of a positive test result, then they probably will tell you, you know, I mean, I had in my studio, three out of my seven teachers um, were exposed to someone who was exposed to someone who tested positive. Mm -hmm. And so I had them teach They, you know, they told me that. And I said, let's have you teach from home until you get a negative test result. And then they literally sent me a screenshot of their negative test result. So I guess I guess I need to be very clear with my staff that, that hey, you don't have to disclose this information to me mm -hmm. if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. And I don't expect you to, just so that there's no, like, um, that they don't feel obligated when really they don't want to share their health information with me, yeah. you know? And then I wonder how it's different if your teachers are not employees, but they are mm -hmm. contractors. I guess they have even less legal obligation if they are an independent contractor because yeah, maybe i'm sure they do 
Interesting. So if any of our listeners have any additional insight into that that they would like to share, please email us mm-hmm. at dsoconnect6 at gmail.com and enlighten us, and we will circle back around to it. Oh, yeah. um, and again, I think that uh, this stuff may change as the months go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for we sure. need to kind of keep an eye on it. All right, what's our next question? Okay, next question... Do you give dress code grace to dancers who are having their period? Mm, Yes, I do. It's just not that big of a deal, you know, especially for young kids who are like just starting out with their period and they don't have all the logistics quite figured out yet. Yeah, I do. And it's like, you know, we ask them to discreetly let us know in whatever way that that is comfortable for them. Like I might get a text from, I actually a few weeks ago got a text from a mom that said, you know, uh, and I won't say the student's name, but student just got her first period yesterday. So she's going to be wearing shorts over her leotard and ballet. Is that okay? And I said, yes, of course it's okay. I'll let the teacher know. It's totally fine. Thanks for telling me. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, of course she's mortified. So don't bring it up. (laughs) So the shorts end up becoming kind of a sign that says I'm on my period. Right. (laughs) Which Which is the funny part, but you know what? The ballet teacher in me, has always been a little more hardcore and mm-hmm. I've always been like, no, because you need to, um, what if, what if it's performance weekend? You know, you need to figure this out. Now, of course, if you're in middle school and it's your first time, you know, I don't expect you to know how to use, you know, certain sanitary products over mm-hmm. others. Um, but it takes a while to ease into that certainly. But as an adult, I will I hope this isn't TMI, but as I've been getting older, my flow is like way heavier than it's ever been. Really? And yeah, and I don't go to the gym on the first day of my cycle. And mm-hmm. my trainer, who is a like a 25 a, a year old guy who, poor thing, like he, first of all, he could be my son, and I kind of think of him as my son, but. I'll text him once a month and I'll be like, yeah, I'm not coming in today. And he's like, why? And I'm like, um, do you really want to know? <laughs> he's like, never mind. <laughs> but well, a couple of years ago, we decided to sit down with our middle school aged dancers and have a talk with them. And this was actually at parents' request because some parents were saying, you know, it's coming. The period is coming. It's not here yet, but the girls are terrified about what happens if they Mm -hmm. get it during class. So I sat down with them all. We did like a little powwow. And I said, first of all, guys, you have to understand we're all in the girls club. And that means we have to have each other's back. And whether it's at dance or at school or anywhere, you know, if you see, because their fear was that they were going to get it in their leotard and not know it. And then everyone in the room was going to see their little oops and they were going to just be mortified. And I said, the thing is, we're all girls. And it's not a matter of if that ever happens to you. It is going to happen to you at some point in your life. And if all of us girls make a pact that we're just going to have each other's backs, then, you know, we can look out for each other. And, you know, so what does that mean? It means you're standing at the bar and you notice the girl in front of you is having a little accident. She's completely unaware of it. Maybe you just lean over to her and say, here, um, take my ballet skirt and go to the bathroom. And then no judgment, but then she can handle it. 
as opposed to t- turning to the other girl at the bar and being like, oh my God, look at Mary. Oh my God. And then it goes down the lane, whisper yeah. down the lane. And then everybody, I mean, that's a worse nightmare for a middle schooler, right? Yeah. So we decided to come up with a secret code word that we could use. So if, if you need to use the restroom in the middle of class, you could just say this to the teacher. Or if you notice it's happening to another girl, you could just whisper the secret code word and everyone would get it. Mm-hmm. And we thought about it for a little bit. And then one of the girls said, I've got it. And I said, what? And she's like, Japan. <laughs> I was like, why Japan? And she said, have you ever seen the Japanese flag? Oh, my God. It's white it's with a like red it. spot oh. on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So basically our little, um, our little tradition, or I don't know if it's called a tradition, our little thing that we do is, you know, a student may walk up to a teacher and say, um, Japan is attacking, or, <laughs> or um, hey, I think I'm going to get some Japanese food. Is that okay, Miss Rachel? And oh, it's gosh. like if you say any sentence with the word Japan in it, then you are immediately excused to go to the other room. That is too funny. Oh my God, I love that. I love the the sisterhood idea. Like we are in a sisterhood and we have to have each other's backs. Like instead of talking about someone who's going through this, talk to them and have their back. Yeah, for sure. And I even told them my story about when it happened to me and that kind of broke the ice. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. The other teacher in the room did the same. And, and so, but, but just letting them know it is going to happen to you. It's going to happen. It's totally normal. We all get it. (laughs) And just look out for each other. Um, just look, be, be a good, be a good friend. Be a good, like you said, a sister. Yeah. And I would so much rather have my students in class with a pair of shorts over their leotard than either not show up at all mm-hmm. or show up, but be so self-conscious and work with the whole class that they're not performing at their best or learning anything. I agree. Yeah. So I think, I think it's totally okay to give a little bit of grace when, when that happens with dress code. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I need, I, I thought we had checked that off the, you know, tick that box. And now I'm realizing that it's been a couple of years and I need to you talk got a to a new crop of students. You got a, you got yeah. a new crop of, uh, of pubescent girls you got to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick break here and we will be right back with our next question. Great. Are you looking for a new way to streamline your business and simplify your life? We use Kajabi in our dance studios to help us stay organized, streamlined, and to save us money. Kajabi is an all-in-one platform with everything right at your fingertips. There's no need for multiple programs. Your email provider, web hosting services, automation, landing page, sales cart, and so much more are all in one place. With everything in one program, you can save hundreds or even thousands of dollars a year. Get rid of all those programs and platforms that collectively cost you way more than what you would pay for a year in Kajabi. You can start your membership site or create new products to have a passive stream of income in your business. Go to dancestudioownerconnect.com slash Kajabi to learn more and to start your free trial. Again, it's dancestudioownerconnect.com slash K-A-J-A-B-I to start your free trial today. All right, welcome back to the DSO Connect podcast. We are doing Q&A episode this week. So Robin, what is our next question? Okay, this question is, what are your policies about your teachers communicating directly with your customers via email or social media? No, my policy is a big N-O on that. 
Yeah, I'm finding it very difficult mm -hmm. in this day and age. I mean, we're in a small town. A lot of people already know. Um, so, for example, you know, Miss Amanda may know um, Maya's mom because they're friends in the community. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe they knew each other outside of the studio before either one of them were EMC families. So that's tricky. Right. Um, I think the way to clean it up a little bit is to say anytime there's any, well, first of all, if, if a person is a director, like the dance director, and I give them administrative things to do, um, like scheduling and, and, and that kind of thing, then they are allowed to email parents directly, but they're supposed to copy me on everything. Mm, and so do, they not, have their own, do they have their own EMC email or are they just yeah. using their personal like, Gmail account? No, they have, the, for the most part, they have their own studio email, which, okay. is, which is good. Um, and I say for the most part because there's a couple people that for technical glitch issues, it hasn't been working. So, but that's irrelevant. Yes, they have their own um, studio email. I think that to kind of keep it straight, it's like, okay, if you are talking about EMC business, then you need to be using your EMC email and I need to be copied on it. And if it is personal, then of course you can email your neighbor or text your neighbor about, you know, neighborly things. And just because they're my customer, it doesn't mean that you're not never allowed to email your neighbor. <laughs> right, right. Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. The social media piece is interesting because especially now when everyone is so heated politically mm. and people have very um, outspoken political views that they're expressing on social media, you know, it goes both ways. It's like you're, 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 apt to offend mm -hmm. yeah so what do you how do you how do you draw a hard no Casey well I think it's probably easier in my circumstance than it is for yours because my community is much larger and so not everybody knows each other I don't I'm not in a small town so you know I don't think that many if any of my staff has pre-existing relationships with any of our customers so that certainly makes it a lot easier yes if they did Obviously, I wouldn't say, oh, you can't be friends with them anymore because now they're a customer. Like, I can't say that. Um, and in my, my opinion is I can't control what any of my staff posts on social media. Like, that's their own platform. And it's not my place to say you can't represent the studio like that. Mm -hmm. I will have a conversation with them if they have the studio listed as an employer on their Facebook mm -hmm. page, for example. And then they're posting things that are inappropriate, like pictures of them getting totally wasted every weekend mm -hmm. or references to illegal drugs. Um, I haven't come across that issue, but if that were to arise, I would certainly have a conversation with them and just about the responsibility of when you're representing the studio, just make sure everything's private, basically. Make sure you're only sharing that with your friends list and that your friends list doesn't include any customers. Right. Especially the students. Especially the students. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I do have some, some teachers of my, of my teenagers. So like my advanced hip hop class is all high school students. They're all older. Most of them drive themselves to class, that sort of thing. My hip hop teacher does have, I think, a group text with their advanced students. That I'm like mm. a little uncomfortable with. 
but I also kind of love it because all of those kids are so close. What if you request that you be in the group text? There you go. That's a good idea. Because I had a situation like that too uh, on numerous occasions. Well, not numerous. On two occasions that I can remember. I saw something that was kind of weird about the relationship between the teacher and a group of teens. And I just thought, "Mm, it just seems a little bit too friendly. Mm -hmm. And like the the lines of teacher and student were a little blurred. And I kind of wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt and not be judgy about or make assumptions. And in both cases, my gut was right. Nothing inappropriate, like, There was no abuse or anything like that, but it was just the teacher should not be maybe a confidant about the young student's boyfriend's life. Yeah. I feel like that kind of... Yeah, it's like on the one hand, you want to have that professional boundary. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if the student doesn't have anybody else to go to about it, maybe they don't have that close relationship with their parents. Mm -hmm can't talk, they don't feel like they can talk to their friends. Like maybe it is important that they have that sounding board in a yeah. responsible adult, you know, I, like, I don't know. That is so it's tricky. tricky. It's so tricky. But if you're in the group text, then yeah. that kind of, it's like, Oh, I know someone's li- I know Ms. Casey's listening. So we're not going to say anything. Just that awareness of let's right. keep everything professional because Ms. Casey's in this group. The problem is there's nothing to say that there's not another side text going on. You know, right. But if the kids, if the kids have their own group text with just the students, that's fabulous. I love that. Unless until it becomes something where you know nine out of the ten kids are in the group text, and the one kid that's left out feels pretty crappy about it. (laughs) But you know, I have heard it said that there is absolutely no reason for an adult person to be texting a minor Mm. without the parent being in the text as well. Mm, Interesting. And I, you know, I have mixed feelings about that. As an employer, I I believe in that. However, like my son, Brendan, was a, you know, he just turned 18. Well, he's about to be 19. So he just became an adult. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, when he was in high school, he would text his guitar teacher. And there was never anything. It was like, because I didn't want to be micromanaging their lessons all the time. So I was like, Brendan, you feel like parents are so... Parents are so busy and kids need to learn how to manage their own schedules. Mm-hmm. And so like for like my work study students, for example, you know, I will text them if I need them to stay late or come early or whatever. So, or, you know, a change in schedule or, um, you know, uh, Oh, for example, last year I had a work study student who she came in for her work study shift while I was already in a class. And so before I started teaching, I would just send her a video message with instructions of what I needed her to do when she came in. Mm. Like yeah. her mom doesn't need to see that. Right. You know, but maybe, maybe I do need to ask the parents permission to text their kids directly. And the thing is that if you are texting, that's actually more recorded and secure than a conversation. Right. Someone could say, oh, my studio owner said something inappropriate to me and it was verbal and there's no evidence of that whatsoever. But if it's a text, then you can say, okay, this was clearly business. Right. There's evidence of exactly what I said. Right. So another tricky one that is um, basically uh, a sign of our times, like we didn't have these problems 
back when I was a kid. <laughs> back in the old. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think also if it's important, it's important to, to tell your staff that if a parent ever approaches you with a question on social media or via text or, or via email or whatever, your line is please contact the studio director or please contact the owner or please contact the office. That's your line. Yeah, the other thing that we do do is um, like my teachers don't need to be getting texts from parents at 10 o'clock at night. So I tell them, or Facebook messages, and that, that's a real easy way to get a hold of people. Um, you know, you don't even need their phone numbers. So a lot of my parents will reach out to my teachers via Facebook Messenger, which I think is kind of an intrusion. I like that. Yeah so, intrusive. yeah, so I tell um, my teachers just nip it in the bud and say, for any studio business, please email me at my business, my company email address, and I will respond when I'm working. Yeah. Because I'm on call all the time. And but you don't expect your staff to be. I do not expect, expect my staff and to honestly, be. Robin, you shouldn't be either. I know. You should have some boundaries. You should not be answering studio emails that come into you at like 12, 12 a.m. And then you're like, oh my God, I got to answer this email. No. That's really important. Um, that's about setting boundaries and training mm -hmm. people how to, how to treat you. Mm -hmm. And if you're consistent with that, um, then you can nip that stuff right in the bud. Okay, next question. Do you allow teachers to teach at your competitions studio? Ooh, good question. I do not have a non-compete clause in my teacher contracts um, because my thinking is if I'm not employing you full time, then I don't get to tell you how you make your living. Mm -hmm. um, so my only non-compete clause is that they cannot repeat choreography within a mm -hmm. five-year period. So if you've choreographed something for my studio, you can't use it at another studio. If you choreograph something at another studio, you can't use it for my studio. So that, that's my only non-compete clause. Now, in a situation like yours, where it's a very small town and there's only two studios, how do you deal with that? So there are... Um two studios in my town and one is opening in January. I would not employ anyone who works at either one of those studios and nor would I allow any of my teachers to teach there either. Um, and that's just because we're so close and our community is so small. And I feel like if you want what they're offering, then it needs to be completely different than what I'm offering. Um, and if, if there's a lot of crossover of instructors, then like we're not really standing apart from each other. However, there's lots of studios in neighboring counties and over into Maryland where I agree with you. It's like, I'm not employing you full time. So of course you can teach elsewhere. Um, but you know, if you're going to be teaching a half an hour away, um, I'm okay with that. It's just like the 15 minute. Okay. Yeah. So maybe it, maybe it should be a non-compete clause within a certain mile radius. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm, I am, um, there's a new studio opening up very, very close to mine. Um, and so I'm going to update my <laughs> employee contracts to include a non-compete clause within a certain mile radius for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a very small radius, but it will do the trick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's kind of a no-brainer. Not that the question was silly, but I think that um, you don't want 
your next door neighbor competitor having the same teachers? I mean, it would be convenient for the teacher. Sure. <laughs> they can go back and forth in the same night. <laughs> um, yeah, but you're right in that you, you, you have to have a separation between yourself and your close and your, your neighbor, basically. Right. So if there's that studio around the block or down the road or across the street, you don't want to share any instructors with that studio in particular. Right. And beyond that, it's like intellectual property and, and also just things that are discussed here. Mm -hmm. um, I am very transparent with, I mean, appropriately so, with my team insofar as, you know, what we have planned for the spring and, mm -hmm. you know, what, there's just too much sensitive information that I wouldn't want to be passed along inadvertently or intentionally. Right, exactly. So. All right. Well, thank you, everybody who sent in a question. And if you have a question for us, please send it to our inbox at dsoconnect6 at gmail.com. We do want to um, definitely have these episodes every once in a while and have a place where people can, can reach out and get some questions answered. So again, it's dsoconnect and the number six at gmail.com. And we want to hear from you. And maybe you have a question about a prior episode. Yeah. Or, or maybe you've implemented something that we talked about and you want to let us know how it's going. Just email us about anything. Just email us. You know, let us know how life is. Favorite pizza topping. Sure. What you want for Christmas. Just yeah. we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. It's like, you know, you're our listeners and we love you and we're grateful for you. And uh, we want to know more about you and who you are. So just email us. Um, and if you're not already, please make sure you join our free community. It's DSO Connect Community on Facebook jump in the group and join the conversation. Yep. And oh, stay tuned because I won't spill any beans or show oh, any cards, yeah. but we have some exciting guests that we're going to be interviewing in the upcoming episodes. Mm -hmm. So you want to stay tuned for that. So lots of things to come. So join our group. We want to get to know you. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, Robin. It was good to talk to you as always. You too, Casey. Take care. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.